Hello, welcome to episode 210 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, originally, I didn't think there was going to be much news, but there were news uh, that did happen this week. But uh, before, you know, the big news drop, um, I had already prepared an idea for a show, which is basically going to be Fong, my partner. He's going to ask me, how many questions do you have real quick? Mm. Not gonna lie, not many, but it's we'll do pretty uh, deep dives on them. Okay, well, as you can hear, that is my partner Fong. He is on this episode. Uh, he is going to ask me some questions. Yes, uh, you can say hello. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah, no problem. Okay, well, he's going to ask me some questions, and I'm going to answer them. And uh, so, yeah, that will basically be the show. It's going to be basically however many questions uh, Fong is going to ask me. So. Um, you know, there is big news that happened, but more than likely, I don't know the questions yet, but more than likely, they're going to cover these topics, which uh, for those of you that don't know, it's going to be Kevin Durant, you know, staying with the Nets. Uh, Pat Beverly uh, has been traded to the Lakers for THT and Stanley Johnson and the Chet foot injury. Uh, so those are the three big news, but more than likely, uh, it's going to be covered within the questions. So, all right. So Paul, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, are you ready to ask me some questions? Oh yeah, and you know before we start, I don't remember if we said happy birthday to Keegan Murray, who turned 22 on August 19th. He is, yeah, he is 22. Like he he's a he's a he was a sophomore, but he's like a really old sophomore. So I was kind of surprised. Like man, he's actually 22 already. And but it's not like that's old or anything. It is a bit of an older rookie, but. I don't usually care too much about that. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter much, but to to most people, I mean, if you played more than one year of college basketball, you're, you're considered a senior. You're yeah, you're old, right? You're considered a senior coming out of the draft. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast before. I probably have, but it, I remember the Obi Toppin draft. It was just like every day it felt like he got older. By the time it was the draft, he was like 35. It felt like because he was a four-year senior. He, he was very old coming into he was older coming into the draft, is, is my point. Mm -hmm. And you know, to us, age doesn't really matter as long as you could produce for your team. Yes. Uh yeah. So happy 22 birthday to Keegan, and I believe Chris as well, because they're twins. I assume they're born on the same day. So happy birthday to the Murray family. Oh, yeah. Oh, shoot. I forgot he had a twin brother, to be honest, for a split second. Yeah, I guess I guess he's coming in next draft. I don't know. Probably because I'm. if I remember correctly, I think he will be the one that will replace Keegan as the starter for uh, Iowa's upcoming season. Hmm, interesting. I don't know. Like, I'll be honest, don't know much about the Keegan twins, but yes, he has a twin brother and they're about the same size. So I assume he's maybe gonna come into the nba i don't i don't know i don't watch i didn't watch iowa basketball so don't ask me about that oh yeah i mean if you put them together i mean it's, it's kind of hard to tell them apart really it feels like you, chris is a bit of a lighter tone <laughs> is is like all i could, all i saw i remember seeing a picture of uh at the time when keegan had his hurt arm <laughs> like the only way for me to tell who was keegan was with his uh injury sadly mm, yeah but yeah happy birthday to keegan murray he's actually back in sacramento like he's working with fox he's working with kevin herder who's been all over the place uh, around the area lately um 
And of course, Davion's here. So, you know, they're already putting in work. So yeah, good to see. Yeah, it's it's crazy how much they travel because I remember seeing I wait, what Fox was in Italy last week. Now he's here. Alex went no, sorry, was it Italy? I might have it, been it mistaken. Was, it was Italy and Greece, if I remember right. Mm, because I remember Alex Lena, I think uh is also in the Europe somewhere uh training as well. Well, he, he is from Ukraine, so yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he's probably doing something close to there. Oh, yeah. All right, then. Well, let's start with the first question. So now that finally Kevin Durant is moving on with the Nets, you think the Nets will be the same after this season? Um, or like, upcoming season, sorry. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of split on them just because I think they're definitely going to be probably a top four team uh, in mm-hmm. the in the East. Now, I don't think they're a championship contender. They they got decisively swept last year. People were saying like, "Oh, these guys are contenders." Are they? Like, they weren't a Ben. They're they're not a Ben Simmons away from a championship. They got decisively swept by the Celtics. Like, it wasn't like there were some close games, but like you watch those games, they got punked. And like Kevin Durant's a year older. Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving. We don't know what Ben Simmons is gonna look like, and like they don't have a center. Like, I guess Nick Claxton, but like, because they have Simmons, they can't really play Nick Claxton. So <laughs> it's a bit of a mess, but like, they are going to be a good team. They're going to like, they're probably going to run through like the regular season, you know, as long as, you know, everyone stays relatively healthy and Kyrie decides to play. Um, the, I believe the uh, vaccine ban is going to be lifted. So he probably will be eligible to play every game. But in the playoffs, it's going to be tricky. They're, they need another defensive guy. Like, that's, like I always say with the Kings, like, somebody's got to play defense. Ben Simmons isn't going to solve everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess this next question will be related to this one because the Nets do need uh, another, maybe, what, may, I'm going to say two or three pieces, really, to uh, get a decent run. But... Uh, can we finally see more trades? And you have mentioned that Pat Bev went to the Lakers for THT, which I thought, sure, I guess. I mean, it adds defense to the Lakers for, to a certain degree, sure. But, I mean, it's not going to help the Lakers that much, really, right? I think it will. Like, we'll have to see actually other moves because Russ is still there as of now. We are recording this on the 26th of uh, August. Like, he's still on that team, and, like, they're going to clash heads. Like, are you going to play Pat Bev at the one and Russ at the two? I don't know if that's going to work. But, like, I think he will make a change. Like, he is a good shooter. He is a guy that spaces the floor, and he does play defense. Now, he is a year older, and point guards, uh, they tend to fall off a cliff at a certain point. So, I, I don't know. A lot of people are like saying, oh, he's going to hold like, you know, because he, you know, he's always like barking, right? He's always like talking. He's always communicating like he's going to hold LeBron accountable. He's going to hold AD accountable or like he's going to hold Russ accountable, which, again, I don't think they're going to be on the same team. But listen, like you do that enough to LeBron, LeBron is going to choke. It's going to choke him because at a certain point, it just gets annoying. Like, if you're down, like, 20, like, with five minutes to go in the fourth and Pat Bev is, like, giving motivational speeches, at a certain point, LeBron is going to tell him, shut up. You you never really won. 
Like it's <laughs> it's cute that you drag the wolves, a, a pathetic franchise, to the playoffs. Like that that's great and all. I've won championships. Shut shut your mouth. Like at a certain point, that argument is going to happen if they if like they they start losing. Like that's just going to be a reality, and I think it's going to wear on LeBron if they're not winning. If like you're if they have like a similar season to the, what they had this year or what this last season, yeah, they're gonna. I, I don't know if Pat Bev's gonna survive. I think yeah. he's gonna get choked to death. Actually, now that you mention it, what what was their season ranking last year? Or I mean, last season I totally I, it was forgot. just outside the play, and I think it, I think they yeah. were eleventh. Let me check. Because last time I checked, I think they're projected to be eighth, which the win loss is actually quite high, <laughs> not or quite high to you know the eighth standards. I guess is what they projected to be. Uh, was it forty two forty for a eighth seed? And uh, in previous episodes, I say you know Kings. I uh, hopefully they make it to the forty one forty one, which. I guess you could say it's technically ninth, but it's, it's still still quite tough in the West. Yeah, like, well, here's the thing. Like, one of the reasons why they were so bad last year was because nobody played defense. Like, LeBron just stopped playing defense. Like, let's not forget. Like, we never talk about that too much. But the but the reality is, like, you know, they, they lost all their defenders, KCP, Kuzma, and Caruso. And, like, LeBron just stopped playing defense. And, you know, Pat Bev will bring some intensity to that end. But the other issue, you still have Russ. And again, we'll have to see what they do with Russ. But like, I don't, like Pat Bev is not going to fix everything. He will bring some defensive intensity on that end. And with a little bit of extra intensity, and if AD is healthy, that's that's not a stretch to say that they'll, they'll be the eighth seed. They're up, they can go all the way up to the sixth seed. Like, but like that is ever everything goes right. And, you know, with health concerns, like LeBron's not getting any younger. AD is just, you know, he's a frail man. <laughs> he's going mm-hmm. to probably going to get injured what, like at some point. And, you know, what was a C like, I like before the draft, before even the trade, I wasn't even thinking like, are the Kings better than the Lakers? Like, you look up and down that roster, like talent wise, they're definitely better than us. They have LeBron James and, Anthony Davis and you know Russell Westbrook like those guys are very good players but other than that like it, it's pretty shallow but again you have LeBron and AD like you know arguably two of the top 10 guys in the league so like it, it was hard to ever like count them out and like you know even though I think the Kings probably are going to be better than them but after this trade I don't know like they have LeBron they have AD and they have some defense now yeah, and it's only really one piece I want to say out of the whole team because, to be honest, I don't know who else would be playing defense in that team. I mean, they have like, I mean, they actually traded away their other guy who plays defense was Stanley Johnson. So that's going to be interesting how that, like, how that affects their team. But, you know, it, again, I just have to go back. They have LeBron James, they have Anthony Davis. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens if, uh, you know, Westbrook ever leaves LA, to be honest. I think that's when things will actually get rolling. But by that time, I feel like, you know, time's pretty much almost up for LeBron. I mean, like, you know, you know, why, why not play Pat Bev and Russ on the same team? I want to see that. I want to see the fireworks. I mean, the memes were flying after that trade. So 
I, I mean, like, you know, for, for the late, for the misery of the Lakers, I want the press to stay on that team and just have them try to figure it out and then figure out that you can't really play this at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So same question. Do you think the Kings are actually going to make moves after, you know, all this KD shenanigans? I don't think so. I think I think they're pretty much right where they are now. I, like it, it'll be part of a three-team trade, and like I can't count that out. Uh, but I think they're done. Uh, sadly enough, I thought so too because I'm pretty sure we filled up all our roster spots as of right now, if I could remember. Uh, yes, uh, we have all like we have 20 players on our roster right now, and you're mm-hmm. going to cut five uh, to, to start the season. And, like, you know, I don't know what the Kings will offer out there. Like, they can offer Harrison Barnes and um, and Rashawn Holmes. Like, those guys are – those guys are movable. But, like, I guess Rashawn's not exactly hard to replace, but you do need – you do want a piece back. But, like, Harrison, you trade him, chances are you're getting someone worse back no matter what. And that's where it gets kind of tricky, where – I, I just like Harrison's your best trade chip, but he's also the guy you can't really afford to lose. Oh man. I remember seeing like a, I want to say a shit post. I forgot what website now, but it was where the 4chan. Warriors are. 4chan. No, <laughs> I don't think it's 4chan, but I think I remember it was something about Warriors are willing to let go Quay or Harrison. And Why? I don't think that's. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is the logic in that? I have no idea. I, I just remember looking through like news articles and, and I, I knew this website was a, was it a clip bait type a deal? There, yeah, there is absolutely no logic in why the Warriors would trade Clay just for Barnes back. So like I'm trying to I'm trying to think was this a Warriors fan who said that or a Kings fan? It's probably a, a Kings fan of anything, but like you know, beside that, like you can't. They have different contracts. Like Clay makes twice what Harrison makes. Yeah, you would need to give up. I, I want to say we would have to give up Fox. <laughs> uh, no, I think yeah, I think you can do it with a uh, Fox or no uh, with um, Rashawn and Harrison. But it's like again, where's the logic in that? Yeah, so I don't know. That was a weird uh, day when I was doing some research, and uh, yeah, never again would I will I ever think about that. But uh, let's are you move sure on. you weren't on 4chan? That sounds like something I would see on 4chan. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been on 4chan. Not gonna lie, I don't even know what uh, what you would call it. What it looks like? Is it besides... still a thing? Actually, that, that's actually a good question. I, I don't know. I don't know on 4chan. So. That I don't know, but Reddit is already like good enough for me. And you know, you already see the salt within Reddit. <laughs> I don't know how it is in Twitter. So, no, oh, yeah, well, no, Twitter's just at this point. I just think it's funny. Like, they're really dumb, but at this point, to me, it's just funny. But once the season starts, I might get a little angry when the Kings lose. I mean, there's 82 games. It's, I mean, we losses are bound to happen, of course. It's just how we play those losses and how we end the season, I guess you could say. Yep, one game at a time. And don't get too high and don't get to, and also don't overreact to how we start. I think the Kings are gonna get to a slow start. I don't know if that answers one of your questions, but I think they're gonna get off to a slow start. Hmm. 
Well, I mean, we already kind of talked about it uh, last episode on how, you know, the starts will collide, I guess. But uh, moving on to the next question, what do you think are going to be our best and worst case scenario when it comes down to the trade deadline? To the tra- oh, the trade deadline. Hmm. Best case scenario, like what 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 the Wolves uh, had last year. You, you play so well, you don't even need to make any trades. Like that's that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario. I don't consider this the worst case scenario, but like something along the lines of you're just so bad, you're, you might as well trade away Harrison. Like just give him away for like a second rounder or some shit. I don't know, like a late first maybe. That's what I believe Jason Jones has said too, where the worst case scenario would be to, if you are really that deep down into the like lost streak and there's no way of you heading into the play in at the minimum, yeah, trading away Harrison Barnes is like waving the white flag, really, I think. Yeah, base and like that leads to a lot of other stuff too. Like Sabonis has one more year left after this season, and that's when the clock starts to tick and you might have to trade him away. And you know, like you might have to start a full rebuild, like a, an actual full-on rebuild. And you know, streak's gonna go on to 20-something before we break the playoff streak. I think I guess because like this season is really important in that. You have a ticking time bomb that is Sabonis, who who won't who's not going to extend because of the contract uh, stuff. He's not going to he's not going to get as much money as he can if he extends. So you have to play it out this year, and you have to play it out next year. So like you're on a bit of a ticking time bomb, and that was one of the things about trading away Tyrese. You could have locked up Tyrese for was seven years, and you don't have to worry about it. Whether they, whether or not you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, like that's up to you. But, you know, because you traded away Tyrese, you do open yourself, you do put yourself vulnerable to have a big free agent, you know, probably the best player you've had since Boogie. You know, you give him, you give him like the, you're vulnerable to him leaving for nothing. Let's put it that way. And, you know, if you, you trade away Harrison at the deadline for peanuts, that's, that's kind of the next step. And that is when things will get ugly. Yeah. Now, if we do trade Harrison, I I'm gonna assume we're gonna have to get something, someone young, or picks. Which I don't know what Harrison's worth, to be honest, would be probably like what two picks, maybe. I mean, like the, the well, the, you wouldn't get two picks because he he, he doesn't have he, his his last year. There, the team that mm. trades for him is only gonna have him for like a few months. Mm, that's um, right. So that's where it gets tricky. Like you might get a late first at best, I think. Like honestly, just because like at that point, like King, the, the rest of the league is gonna know that the Kings need to trade Harrison. So they're gonna lowball him and they're just gonna have to, you know, go with the best offer. Like, and in terms of like a young player, like the best case, like best case scenario for a young player, like a Cam Reddish, like will be the best case scenario. If, yeah. but I don't know why the Knicks would trade for him, like that would be really stupid on their end but yeah. yeah unless somehow the Knicks make a huge push for playoffs then sure I mean I'm just saying you're paying Jalen Brunson 25 million dollars you're paying Julius Randle over 25 million dollars you still can't make the fucking playoffs yeah I'm, I'm surprised Julius Randle is doing the Knicks not gonna lie no one wants him. 
I, I know. Well, it, it's it's not because he's a bad player. He he's not kind of is the power forward version of De'Aaron in a way where you ha- he needs the ball to be effective, but he's also like the Knicks. Like his best his best skill is getting to the rim and just being a bully, right? But mm-hmm. you can't do that with a with a center who can't shoot on the floor. Like they tip, this is one of the flaws with hiring tips. He will always play a center, two centers together. Well, two big men together that clogs the lane. And like, that's, that's, that's Randall's best skill. And guess what? He just like Tibbs just will like, is always forced to play Mitchell Robinson or another center next Taj Gibson. Like he just can't help himself. So like Julius does, doesn't have room to operate and then he gets angry and then, he, you know, his jump shot doesn't fall. And then, you know, shit, you know, shit fault. Was it? Oh God, I lost my train of thought. Like the avalanche comes like, and then the shit storm happens. That's how that team is. And yeah, I, I don't know how they solve it. Like Jalen Brunson isn't exactly a great three point shooter. Um, again, trading for Donovan Mitchell doesn't really make sense to me to a certain degree because you already, you just signed Jalen Brunson. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really going to go with two, two, six, one guards? One of which does not play any defense. Now, would you think this is a more of a front office problem or a Tibbs problem? The the, the Tibbs problem is an extension of the front office problem. <laughs> like you just re-signed Mitchell Robinson to was it 60 million over three years, which is 20 million a year. But at the same time, you just signed Isaiah Hartenstein. Why did I, why did I say his name like that? Hartenstein. I just like calling him Hartenstein. But <laughs> like uh, but like why would you why would you do that when you signed I Hartenstein? Like it. Like now you have two centers, neither one of his shoot. Like one of them has a bit of a floater, but like you can't play the two together. You just paid a, a guy twenty million dollars that is very limited on offense, and honestly, not not that great on defense either. Like, why? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And again, because of the way Julius Randle plays, he needs to have the ball, and then. Yeah, like that's not a good sell for a guy like that. You, that has a lot of money left. He, he signed, I think, a four-year or three-year extension. Has a lot of money left. Can't really operate off the ball, so he's probably not winning you a championship. And he's not good enough to command the ball all the time. It's always that weird, that weird gray area for like a, a star and a superstar. He's definitely kind of a star, but he's nowhere near a superstar. And like he plays in a way that dictates he needs to be the superstar on the team and he just isn't that if that makes any sense uh, well we'll see about how the Knicks do because I doubt they're good I, I feel like they'll make it borderline play in nothing further than that I also saw a trade for uh, Russ for Randall that actually might be better for the Lakers but it doesn't make any sense for, for the Knicks yeah, no. The word doesn't make much sense for the Lakers either. Like, let's be honest. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, I just thought it was funny. I saw that. I don't know. To me, as of right now, Trey away Russ will be a blessing for the Lakers, but it's like near impossible <laughs> to do that. I mean, it's so funny hearing the trade rumors about Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. All roads what? lead to Buddy. Like, yeah. All roads lead to Buddy. It's one of the funniest things in the world. You, you could have just had him. But you had to listen to LeBron. You just had to. Well, we'll see about it in that end too, because I I feel like even though Pacers probably won't also won't make it close to the play in, um, they have an interesting team to the point where their future looks 
pretty bright if they get their pieces right together in the next couple of seasons. I also heard a report. So like the one of the reasons why they don't have Miles Turner and Buddy Hill is because they like Pacers like value Miles Turner really high. Apparently they turned down some pretty pretty good firsts in this past draft for teams that wanted him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like so think about it that way. You give up two unprotected firsts from the Lakers, which is all they can trade, and you take on Russ. But at the same time, like Turner is worth a first. Buddy is maybe worth a very low first. Mm. And then you probably have to, like, if you're doing value evaluation, you have to attach picks to Russ. So, like, it just doesn't make sense for the Pacers, in my opinion, to do that, unless they're willing to take, which, by the way, I've heard is not their plan, which is weird. Really? Pacers not willing to take? Yes. I I thought it was confusing, too, when I heard it. It seems like they should, (laughs) like, I mean, it's a very young team. It's a very not it's not polished enough to the point where I could see them going far yet, unless they get the right pieces together. Like I said, they may need like at least three more pieces really to get a fully polished team. And then we'll have to see if they can even fit those pieces together. I like Miles Turner's good. Tyrese is really yeah. good, but like I think the internet just overrated him a little bit. Like just, uh, that's like he's, just... he's not he's not life skin Jesus. We've we've gone through this. He's really good. He's he's not the guy who's going to turn your franchise around. Not yet, anyway. If he ever does become that, but like the other guys, like you know, you traded away Malcolm Brogdon. Now he wasn't healthy. Like that. That's a big problem, but like Aaron Neesmith isn't exactly going to blow blow the roof off. Uh, you know, Jalen Smith isn't exactly like incredible. And who who else did they get? They, there, there was another guy, but like my my point is like a buddy buddy like if he stays on that team, like these guys are decent players, but they need one big fulcrum on that team, and they don't have that yet. So like the fact that they want to compete is confusing. Yeah, like if they take. It'll get a pretty good chance of getting a top five. And uh, let's see. I haven't looked too much into the uh, next draft, but you said. You shouldn't. Uh, Some psychos have, but you, you really should if you're a yeah. normal person. Yeah, because, you know, things change. College makes players good or bad, depending on how you look into it. But, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I will say. Like Scoot Henderson looks amazing. Victor Wamanyama, after this Chet fiasco, like he he's got the same body type. <laughs> like, how is he not more? How is he not more susceptible to injuries? He's actually gotten a few injuries already, which that's really really scary. But like the 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 Thompson twins, those guys are those guys look amazing. Granted, like they're just picking on high school high poor these poor high school kids, but like they're that's a it's a very nice looking draft. So. I was just going to say. Yeah, well, I doubt we'll get anywhere close to there, depending on like, our plans, which I'm assuming we're going to hit the play-in, but, you know, there's still that small chance, I guess. Look, if there's, like, some sort of perfect scenario, like, would you be satisfied we just make the play-in and, let's just say, lost in the second game? I mean, I wouldn't mind. I mean, we, we made it this far. There's always next season. I mean, as long as we could consistently get there i'm pretty happy with that like like my best case scenario somehow we sneak sneak into the top four again 
Like, we just barely missed the play-in. Like, if we have the season that the Cleveland Cavaliers had, I'm perfectly satisfied with that. And then you somehow sleep, slip into the top four, which would be hilarious. And you draft one of the one of the Thompson twins. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. But uh, here's another question for you. Are we ever going to extend Monty Minaire? Because there's so far, there has not been any news about Monty Minaire getting an extension. And I'm surprised not many people are talking about this. So it's perfect that you asked it because I listened to uh, Locked On Kings today. They had mm. Jason Jones on. Yeah, yeah. And Jason Jones floated out a conspiracy theory. Ah. Now, this is not like there's no, no, nothing directly says this, but the, so it's, if you look at who's been hired, like as of late, like, you know, Mike Brown, particularly Mike Brown, he's not really a Monty McNair guy, meaning he's not really a Daryl Morey guy in terms of like play style and analytics and all that stuff. He's a Wes Wilcox guy. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't remember, Wes Wilcox and Monty McNair, they were both candidates, the final, the finalists for the GM job. And, you know, using those two things to connect together, and the fact that Monty hasn't gotten an extension could mean that Wes Wilcox is angling for that job. Hmm. That's interesting. But isn't Monty the one that chose uh, Mike Brown, though? Or did, or did he? Oh. Oh. <laughs> was, it a, was it a Vivek choice? Or was he? What was it like, you know, um, the majority in the room kind of thing? Uh, but like th- this is where kind of like I hate conspiracy theories. We just don't know. <laughs> like so, let let's let's stop kind of like speculating as much as we do, and like coming to conclusions that dictate that oh, that's this definitely did happen. The matter point of the matter is the Kings have this weird like habit, and honestly, it all comes back to Vivek. Like that's what it does. Like. They always seem to have a guy behind. Like, you have not watched Game of Thrones, but I'm just going to throw out a Game of Thrones uh, reference. There's mm-hmm. always a little finger in the back, scheming, playing playing both sides together. And then when the, mo- when the moment is right, stab the dude in the back and kill, and kill him, and then the little finger will succeed him. Mm-hmm. It always seems to be that figure, like, behind the scenes and lurking in the shadows, ready to ready to pounce whenever an opportunity opportunity presents itself and unfortunately this is where it kind of makes a little bit of sense where Wes Wilcox might be that guy where he's just kind of creeping behind the scenes and like I've heard like from what I've heard they actually him and Monty work well together like they work together on a lot of stuff so but at the same time like it, it makes sense like that Wes Wilcox is like behind is like being kind of almost groomed by Vivek for that job in case that like Monty just maybe doesn't want to do the job or like it isn't in high favor with Vivek after kind of how last year went like it's the the framework is there for that bullshit to happen is what I'm saying Mm. and unfortunately if this kind of stuff does happen the Kings are going to be pathetic forever they might walk ass backwards into the playoffs one of these years, but it's not going to be a recipe for long-term success. And it, it's very confusing why they haven't extended it. And like James Ham has checked in, there, there's been no talks late as of late about, about a contract extension. Hopefully it does get done. 
But like, if he doesn't get extended, if he gets fired for whatever reason, or if he just God. walks away at the end of the season, like that is just the the cycle continues. Dear God, I, I now that you mentioned all that, I kind of don't want to think about it now because <laughs> Jesus. I mean, how many GMs have we had in the past? I mean, years since uh, our last playoff run. Look, I, I don't, again, I've not been a Kings fan long enough. Like, so Vlade, uh, Pete yeah. Alessandro, I believe it was Jeff Petrie before that, right? It sounds familiar, but like I said, I, I do not want to think too deep into that. I mean, if we, if this cycle continues, then yeah, there's. There's no hope <laughs> for this franchise. There's just no hope. God, dear God. Okay. The only hope is you walk ass backwards into a generational talent. And even then, uh, I mean, I have a, like I I'll, I'll ask you a question after after you're done with yours, but like you can get a generational talent, you're still gonna fuck it up because you can't draft to like like you just don't put the pieces around that player well enough, and there's just not enough stability. I mean, it's it's never gonna change. If like like if Monty gets if Monty is gone after this year. It's not good. Oh, yeah. And he's not going to stay in the Kings organization at all. Uh, he wants... you, you know, you might. He might. Chance, I, I mean, if I had the choice, I probably would go somewhere else. Yeah. Like, he might, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he might. But uh, I feel like if I were GM for, <laughs> for an organization, I want to be a GM for another organization. And also another cat, another thing, like he's actually getting paid not very much. He's one of the lowest paid GMs in the league. Mm. So he's he's due for a raise. And you know, we'll we'll see. Like again, it's uh, however this happens, it's probably not gonna be good. Like, like it you the hope is that he gets extended when the season starts or something. Jeez. Oh, but, the- but then there's the other thing. Why don't you why didn't you just extend him earlier? Like what? What was the holdup? Yeah, exactly. Man, that's a that's a deep dot now. So let's let's get to your question now. Actually, I mean, now that we're like talking about all this. Well, here, so here, so like my question, for example, like, like look, Luca was the right pick. Okay, yeah, we should have picked Luca. Mm-hmm. There, there's no doubt about that, and but. Was it a blessing in disguise because it got rid of Vlade? Ooh, yeah. Would we have kept Vlade? I actually do not know. To be honest, we I feel you know, like we would have kept Vlade because that was the that was kind of like where the relationship like got frayed because uh because he picked the wrong guy. Hmm. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. That's because here's my thought: he could have gotten he could have gotten Luca, but he would have fucked up everything else. I think. Mm. To be honest, I I don't know. Do you think uh, he would have been fired within like a maybe what two three seasons during uh, Luca's tenure to uh, for another GM where Luca can actually you know be flexible with his teammates? No. I, cause like the thing is, like, I, that relationship would not have frayed had he picked Luca. 
that was the big sticking point between him and Vivek. That's where this relationship started to kind of, again, started to fray. And just, you know, and then it slowly de deteriorated. And then, like, Vivek does Vivek, brings in Joe Dumars and says, oh, can you guys share the, the job? I don't think that ever happens if he picked Luca. Damn, that's... That's a hard dot, man. All right, hit me with the next question. All right, so did you read uh, Tyrese's, res I guess, quote-unquote resentment? Um, yeah, I did hear about it. I haven't read it. I mean, like, honestly, I don't, I didn't mind it just because someone asked him the question and he basically said he handled it immaturely at first, but, you know, he's, he's gonna, he, he's gonna, like, I mean, he was really shocked uh, when he got traded and he takes it a little, and he takes it a bit personally. And, you know, he, he, th he basically, he sounded like he really thought he was going to spend his entire career here and then just kind of got blindsided. And I, I don't, I don't know if he said this for sure, but like he probably says, you know, you know, when they come, when he comes back, he's gonna have some special for the Kings. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh man. Did we mention that we were gonna see that? We have not mentioned it, but yes, we will be at that game. Yeah. Sorry if you know that was a, I guess a spoiler ending, or you didn't want to mention it, but no, I don't mind. Like. If you if you guys can find us, that's amazing. <laughs> You'd be yeah, it'd be pretty surprising unless somehow I get a custom jersey and somehow yeah, <laughs> that's I guess that's when uh, you'd be you would know who we are. But for now, uh, yeah, I mean, it really is what it is. He's still a very young player, and from what I've heard, a lot of young players that get draft or not drafted sorry trade away pretty quickly kind of have this sort of you know resentment but i, I mean it makes sense it really yeah does. but you know it's the same with i guess you could say some bonus in a way because he was ah geez i i should have researched this but he he was drafted by i don't think it was was it he was, okay, drafted, by, he was drafted by matt the magic they traded yeah, him for Sergi Baca, I believe, if I'm right. Yeah. And then he was traded for Paul George. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, it's all business, really, um, <laughs> sadly enough. And in this type of trade, I mean, it's a pretty good trade, I'd say, for both sides. Uh, a lot of people didn't think so at first, at, of course. But I remember um, when Tyrese... Uh, said this sort of resentment a lot of people kind of reopened their um anger towards the kings look like again let's preface this tyrese is really good he was nowhere near the pro the root of the problem what the kings were having the kings just weren't didn't have enough talent surrounding them him and De'Aaron, i mean and also, like, the fit with him and De'Aaron was a little wonky, and it was going to take more time for them to figure out, but they never really had the chance to. That being said, the reaction and just the people who are, like, saying, well, they just traded away their best player. They just, they just throw away their franchise. I'm sorry. These fuckers have seen, like, one Kings game. There are so many, like the one Kings game where like he scored 37 against the Sixers. And then like there may be the one game where he scored like 20 points. 
those games are unfortunately very rare for Tyrese because he is such an, an unselfish player for the most part. And a lot of times you don't notice him out there. You just mm-hmm. don't because he's so passive sometimes. He He's really good, but he's not light-skinned Jesus. He's not Mike. We did not trade away Michael Jordan for peanuts. And then the other side of it, we got back a pretty good player. Sabonis is really, really good. Now, granted, like I get the defensive issues and like the fact that he can't shoot like that, you know, the, the two most important skills for a winning team. Like I get it, but the Kings like needed a player like Savonis who is able to just, you know, raise their floor like a lot more than Tyrese could. And like the fact that they, they almost, a lot of the national media was like, they traded, we traded away Tyrese for peanuts. You're wrong. Like we got back a pretty good player. And we also got rid of Buddy Heal. Like, no one talks about that. <laughs> like, it, it, it's gotten a little ridiculous. And then, yeah, like, with, like, you know, people like J.J. Redick. And, again, he's seen, like, maybe one Kings game. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> and, like, it's just, it's annoying. I don't want to, like, crap on Tyrese. Tyrese was terrific when he was here. Uh, like, to a certain degree, I wish they would have traded Fox, like, back in the day. But, hey, whatever happens, happens. I'm here for Fox. I'm, I'm here for Tyrese. But, like, let's not pretend like he was better than Fox. Fox was the better player, but, like, I would have preferred to keep Tyrese, but I'm okay with keeping Fox. Like, Fox is the best player on this team, and granted, that's kind of why they won 30 games, but, like, it, let's not pretend like we traded away Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. Now, the weird thing is, in you know, in my past memories with Fox, He's not being talked about much in the media at all, really. Oh, oh my God. Here, here, uh, you know what? You just brought up another thing. Sorry to cut you off. But like the other part is like, oh, Tyrese loves Sacramento. He wanted to be here. And what? <laughs> we didn't win. <laughs> and, like, also, and like the other part, remember, Fox wants to be here too. And you just mentioned like the national media doesn't talk about him. Well, the other thing is he he's not in the media anymore. So like it, it's not reiterated that. He loves Sacramento, too. It's not like Fox doesn't want to be here. Like, he wants to be here. He's talked about it. He wants to be part of the team that turns around this franchise. And I'm 100% sure Tyrese thought the same way. But let's not pretend Tyrese is the only guy to ever love Sacramento. And, like, you know, like, I get it. We're not a glamour city. Let's not shit on us that much. It's not like most cities can actually talk shit about us. Sure, if you're L.A., if you're Chicago, New York, have at it. I don't give a shit. If you're, like, Detroit, you're Phoenix, why are you talking shit about us? Your cities are about the same tier as us. Like, let's be honest. (laughs) Uh, Jesus, you already, like, mentioned pretty much all I was going to say. But, yeah, like, (sighs) like, when... I, I forgot how long ago, but I remember when Fox wasn't really talked about much in like major media places. It's like we have Fox. He he's a borderline, I want to say, superstar someday, as long as we get our pieces correct. And now that we do have our pieces aligned, and I'm hoping that someday that we would get to that, you know, part in his life where we would see him in the all-star game, but it's just so weird because long time ago, I'm like, man, we're not talking about Fox anymore. Is Fox not really like, how would I say it? Not for, he's not a very outgoing guy. And that yeah. really does hurt him. Unfortunately. 
Yeah, like at first I was like, oh man, he's not saying much. Is does he not want to be here? Like, is he just like kind of like I don't want to compare him to Carl Anthony Towns, but is he like content to being like this kind of player where he doesn't care about going to for heights or anything? But no, he's he's just yeah, not that kind of outgoing guy. Uh, of course, he loves to be in Sacramento and wants to have us, you know, be a winning team. But it's like, I don't think many people see it that way because, you know, of course, he's that kind of guy who doesn't outspeak himself that uh, much. Like the thing, yeah, the fact that he's he doesn't really say much anymore, like it does hurt him because like there's also a lot of people that say like, why doesn't he show more emotion on the court? Well, it doesn't matter if they're losing. Like, him showing emotion doesn't change anything. Like, I just mentioned Julius Randle. Like, Julius Randle shows a lot of emotion. He's knocking assistant coaches' laptop out of their hands, out of anger. Uh Does that help the team? It doesn't. He's just kind of a quiet guy who, you know, for the most part, has one emotion for the most part. And people are bothered by that, and it's really annoying. I think that's really stupid. I just mentioned, like, Randle gets, gets angry. Does that help the team? No, it doesn't. The, would it help if uh, De'Aaron is, gets more angry? No, it doesn't really matter. They're not good enough is the problem. And yeah, that that hurts him. And, and, you know, it doesn't help like, you know, again, like he had that weird NFT thing. Like that kind of that kind of hurt his reputation a little bit. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's just not out there, it, it does kind of like let people create their narratives. And for better or for worse, he seems to have ignored most of it and just kind of do his own thing after the trade. And you know, like the only way you're going to, you know, quiet the criticism is if you play better. That's the only way. And he did, but, you know, he ended up getting injured and so the Kings still weren't winning towards the end. So like that, that doesn't help. But, yeah. you know, hopefully this season he finally gets to prove himself and just, you know, sh- shut up the haters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. If we're going to talk about um, the difference between how much he is in the media compared to Tyrese. I'm surprised Tyrese is even this deep into the media, to be honest. I mean, we just talked about how quiet, like, um, De'Aaron has been. Like, double, but, like, Tyrese is the opposite. He's he's great in the media. Like, you listen to, you know, James Ham talk about, he's probably the greatest kid, he's probably, like, the greatest guy at media he's pro- ever seen in about 12 years in sacramento just mm. like the, there was an incredible story about him and a, a king's herald guy uh brendan nunez like basically brendan nunez was talking to luke walton and basically say uh so who are you gonna hot i think they were playing the raptors and like i think brendan asked them a question about uh who are you gonna high tyrese on this game saying that like oh you're gonna put him on the worst guy and tyrese heard that and basically said the fuck the fuck and somehow but instead of like, you know, lambasting him and just like, you know, cussing him out, he he kind of like turned that into a, a bit of an inside joke and became friends with the guy. Like he's great with media. And then you have the and then you have the thing with JJ Reddick. Like that's a, pretty much a national podcast. And again, his game, like his game also is very uh, like visually pleasing when he's getting going. Like he's he's diming up guys. He's shooting from like really far out. Like everything just kind of clicks together for him. And he's and just, yeah, he's great at all the, at like the really good, he's good at the important things in media. And like De'Aaron just hasn't really been out there much. And it's unfortunately hurt De'Aaron and has helped Tyrese a lot. 
Mm, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, but for now, hopefully, I don't know. I wonder who is the next guy in the Kings that would be that kind of guy because who, yeah, actually, who would be the next? It would have been Shump at the time, I, in my opinion, but, I mean, Shump is nowhere near that kind of level that Tyrese was at. Um, honestly, I don't know. Like some people I've heard like some rumblings of like Davion has a fun personality. Apparently he was talking a lot of shit at summer league. Apparently. Mm, uh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no. I mean, if you would, if you, if I mean to the audience, if you watched his, uh, was it, was it off the court? That's his uh, show or whatever. Uh, fuck me. I, I can't, I can't remember right I've, now. I've, I've I've I want to say off night, but it probably isn't. Mm, it doesn't sound right but the little uh vlogs that he does you see a different side of Davion that you don't really expect really I mean of course 90 percent of the time he's like a gym rat but when he does his conversations or you know when he's out with his friends he's he's that very outgoing guy uh that you know we don't really expect from him really yeah, and uh, yeah, so the document is called uh, Trust Your Work. I don't uh, know why I blanked out on that, but yeah, it's called Trust right. Your Work. I mean, but I forgot too. <laughs> yeah, he, he has a good personality. He kind of started to come out of his shell a little bit towards the end of the season. We'll see if that turns into anything. But honestly, that person has to be De'Aaron. I think, like, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but like, your best player has to be your, like, a leader in some way. Now, everyone always says, well, like, you know, Tim Duncan, uh, Tim Duncan, and Steph Curry, those guys are, like, hoo-rah, rah-rah guys who, like, give big speeches and are loud and outgoing. But, like, they're, but, but the idea is that they need to be kind of leader by example, at least. And then hopefully somebody kind of takes over kind of the PR uh, section of the media. And, hell, it could be some bonus. Honestly, like judging from some 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 stuff last year, like him getting ejected in that New York Knicks game, like he, it shows that he he has a certain level of leadership and fire within him that he that he's much more willing to express than De'Aaron. Maybe he's the emotional leader of this team. You never know. Maybe, but in my mind for now, I feel like it should be more of a team thing, if you know what I mean. If we were to pinpoint one guy to be that kind of leader for the rest of the team, I, I can't say who it would be. But as a team, I feel like as a collective, we would be pretty pretty set for the most part. You you, you need a catalyst, like at least. I don't think mm-hmm. I didn't think I don't think the team had the catalyst. Like like Tyrese theoretically could have been that guy, but like you know, but like I just don't think the team was good enough for that. And no, yeah. And I think I think Sabonis could be the catalyst for all that because again, yeah. like he he was he was like trying he was like yelling at teammates too, like not in a bad way or anything, but like he, there there's pieces there. Like as long as he doesn't let the Kings culture break him, I think he, I think he he can be kind of the initial the uh what's it called the emotional catalyst for this team. Mm. I think Malik Monk can be also that kind of catalyst too, in a way. Maybe if uh, Malik Monk and Fox uh, are playing as well together, I feel like that would be a good spark for Fox as well to, uh, you know, give that kind of support. Yeah, uh, the pieces are there, but the Kings have to put it together. And that's always the tough part, unfortunately. Yeah, well, we'll have to see for next season then because, I mean, <laughs> I'm so excited to see what they can produce first. Mm-hmm. 
All right. So our next question is pretty, you know, a generalized question. And I believe we had this question uh, last year or last season, really, uh, before um, the start of last season. And it is, which teams besides the Kings, of course, are you excited for for this upcoming season? Now, I'll let you choose one from each side, East and West. They're all in the they're on the West. But <laughs> um, I'm excited to see the Clippers. I want to see what I want to see like what that team looks like. They're like, I mean, I'm looking at the talent around that team. They got too much of it. Like, you know, can they put it all together? And like if it all comes together, they're probably the championship favorites to me. My second one would be the Warriors, just to see how they kind of progress. But yeah, I'll pick the Clippers. Yeah, Warriors definitely. It's like they came off with a, you know, of course, a championship season last year, but I mean, no one, I mean, how many people would have expected them to get that far into winning, really? I mean, I kind of did. <laughs> I mean, I did. But like the thing is, it, like, it doesn't get talked about long enough. I won't go too far, too long into this, but I just the idea how unfair it is that they kept three rookies on their roster that they didn't even really use in the playoffs. I think that the guy that played the most, like the rookie that played the most was Moses Moody. And he didn't even play that much. And they won the fucking championship because still. Yeah. I don't even remember if he played more than 10 minutes, really. And remember James Wiseman is still there. Like that that guy's, that guy's like been in the shadows, like for for a year now. Like, like, do they need him? Like they didn't even need, like they didn't need him to win a championship, and like they should have traded him for something good. Again, like they should have traded Kaminga for Harrison Barnes. They didn't even need to. It's unfair, and they're only going to get better. They're only going to get better too. Sadly enough, yeah, and surprisingly, they've been, I mean, pretty healthy for the most part with Quay coming back as well. And I mean, do you think really Quay is going to be that? uh, well, he's definitely not going to be the Quay White before, but is he going to be even better this season? I think he is because that first season is always the roughest in terms of like p- players coming off of Achilles and ACLs. Like they're just not used to their body yet. So like, again, not fair. You had like a, a, a Clay Thompson, like working at 60% capacity and just still fucking won. He's only going to get better. Now, granted, they lost GP2, which I think is really, really important. Oh, Otto Porter is weird to me. The stats say he's really good. But when I watch him, I'm like, this dude does not know where, know where to be on defense. Like, and then he, and then like, he'll hit a shot every now and then. But like, he's important, but like, they can kind of replace him with Kaminga. But at the same time, like, that's unfair. Like, again, like they, they didn't, they didn't have Wiseman. Now, granted, I don't know if he's any good, but like Clay at like 60% capacity and you won with rookies as opposed to like, you know, more rotational wings. It's unfair. And like, they're again, they're probably going to be better next year as long as like Draymond doesn't fall off a cliff. Mm, I see. So I, I'm going to choose one for the West. And for me, I, I'm feeling, I, I don't know why. I'm kind of feeling New Orleans for some reason. Okay. Uh I mean, I mean, I hope, hopefully, we'll see if Zion comes back, which I'm pretty sure he will. But you cannot miss two seasons in a row. That that's that that's going to be terrible. So I think I think he'll be back. Yeah, like him in the lineup with McCollum and uh, Ingram, and for some reason I've his uh, freaking point guard name I slipped my mind. 
it's not it's it's not uh what's his name Devonte graham oh uh jose alvarado okay <laughs> there we go i mean in my opinion that team i mean theoretically on paper should be playoff contenders but i mean shoot <laughs> we'll have to see i mean that's the kind of team that looks good on paper but i want to see how far they could go I, I'm, I mean, if they play to their max, I, in my opinion, they should be middle of the pack. Yeah, like, I mean, they played so well to end the season last year. Like, remember, they started 3-16 and 16 and somehow made the play-in and then, of course, made the playoffs. Like, that's really impressive. And, like, sure, like, they, they've got bounds in the first round and, you know, against a good Suns team that we found out was not all that good. But, like... They they took they kind of took them to the brink in six games and like that experience is so invaluable to like building the character of a team and like you know they 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 you know weather the storm Willie Green has got his fingerprints on that team in a positive way and they're only going to get better with Zion coming back now the only issue is how much their defense suffers with Zion on the floor like he was really bad his second season I thought. And mm-hmm. like we'll see how that works, but like there, there's no reason for them to take a step back. Like they're they're gonna they're they're a team on the rise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, let's see. Do you have anyone in the East really? Uh, the East Magic seems pretty nice. I, I guess I don't give a shit. <laughs> they're they're uh, not gonna for, matter for another few years. Uh, yeah, for me, really. Maybe, maybe Detroit in some way, but that's the me, same thing with the magic. I don't give a shit. It's yeah, not gonna be good. yeah. For me, I, I'm gonna go with last season's uh, my last season's pick, which is Miami. I mean, mm-hmm. they had a they had a fire going into the playoffs, and I want to say they were close, but they weren't close enough. Jimmy Jimmy gave it his all, and I'm hoping he's giving it his all next season. Now, then again, I don't know what else, I mean what other acquisitions they got over the offseason really that can you know benefit them to you know face off the other top dogs in the east really I mean as long as Jimmy's there I hopefully they could get far but I don't know how far really yeah I think they took a step back they lost PJ Tucker and basically didn't replace him like now, granted, heat culture dictates that they will find someone from the G League that will contribute out of nowhere. Like now, once they get to the playoffs, that's where it gets tricky. But they'll they'll be good. Um, yeah. What's another? What's a team from the East? I guess the Bucks. I like the Bucks. That's the only reason. I mean, <laughs> kind of expecting them to make it like, far. I don't want to say the Celtics. Like Celtics, they made tangible upgrades without giving up much. Mm-hmm. Like Malcolm Brogdon is big. And like, yeah. you know, like there was there was like rumors about the Jalen Brown trade to to Brooklyn. And like, you know, if I was like looking back, Brooklyn might should have like looked at that deal a little bit more. But I was thinking like I if I were Boston, I wouldn't do that deal. Like um Jalen Brown and Derek White and the traffic, I might not do that deal if I was the Celtics because they got something really good going. Hmm. I see. Yeah, I'm looking at the East right now again. Yeah, it's not as much as the West now, now that you mention it. 
Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not interested in any of these teams. I really don't care too much about them. I feel like because of the Durant shenanigans, not many teams were able to make big moves. Can we just say Brooklyn? Can I just say Brooklyn? Because like you I want to say Brooklyn. See, I'll just say Brooklyn because I want to see how much of a difference Ben Simmons makes. Yeah, you can say that. I mean, it really is pretty much the same team. It's just no Ben Simmons. But I mean, how 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 long has it been now? Two almost two seasons too, where he hasn't been seen in play. Yeah, I mean, ever since he passed up that layup <laughs> against the Hawks, basically. Has it been two seasons or has it been one? It, it it's been like, one full season. Yeah, one full season. But still, it, it <laughs> one full season feels like eternity, really, oh. when it comes to these players. Now that you mention it, I'm looking at the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Isaac is probably coming back, hopefully. Ooh. Ooh. Markel Fultz is going to be back, like, a full season. Terrence Ross is still there. Paolo is really good. And they have a bunch of young guys that might be starting to figure out some stuff. And they have some pieces they can make a little bit of a consolidation trade where, like, you can probably, you know, trade away RJ Hampton and some other young guys like Mo Bamba and stuff like that. You can probably get something really good. You can probably get something decent from another team. And they could be fighting for a play-in spot. Honestly, I really love – I love Paolo in the summer league. Mm. Yeah, that – (laughs) <laughs> and we were, and we said magic aren't, <laughs> aren't uh, going to be that interesting, but yeah, so it'd be a pretty interesting uh, fit with each other, and we'll see how far they go. Which uh, you didn't play in. If I that's the play. case, I think they'll be in the run for the play in. Now, another team that came into mind is also Minnesota because you know Rudy. That's Gobert. what I want to say too, because. Look, they'll make the playoffs. I don't know if they'll be a top four seed. Theoretically, they should. But, you know, as you guys know, I'm the biggest Carl Anthony Towns hater out there. I just think he's the one who actually holds them back. Hmm. Now, I mean, some sites say projection is they're going to be fifth or sixth. But, I mean, that's still playoffs, of course. But... How far can they go with a playoff Rudy Gobert? Look, uh, here's what I'll say about Rudy Gobert's defense. It's not like what happened to the Jazz wasn't fully his fault. A lot of it is is his fault. But like the fact that they didn't have anyone to guard the perimeter was an issue. And the way that they play defense, it dictates that he stand near the rim at all times, as opposed to, you know, doing something a little bit more complicated, like rotating out. So, like, I think the Wolves will be able to help him in that regard. But, like, you just gave away three of your best, like, perimeter defenders. Now, granted, they kept uh, Jane McDaniels, which is big. Anthony Edwards can be good on defense, but I don't think he's all that consistent. So, like, it would depend on those guys. But, like, Rudy Gobert in the regular season is a top 10 defense all on his own. And if they play some sort of traditional defense where he just gets to, you know, chill in the paint, they'll be good on defense in the regular season. Once they get to the playoffs, that's a different issue. But again, as I mentioned, if they kind of play a, a more rotational defense and just and not just have Rudy camp out in the paint all the time, they could find some success because Rudy isn't exactly bad on the perimeter. He's not great, but like he's not mm. bad. No. <sighs> Who, who else would be the other guy that would play defense? Because, of course, Rudy, Rudy is most likely going to be 
inside the paint. Who's going to be that perimeter guy? It's because going to be Jane McDaniel. It's going to be Jane McDaniels. He, like he's... they basically gave up another draft pick to keep him. Yeah, and he's going to be playing it almost full time. I feel mm-hmm. because, of course, yeah, you lost Pat Bev. You lost. Well, who are the other two? I forgot. Uh, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Like mm-hmm. those guys were good defenders, and like Pat Bev was your emotional leader too. Like that's big. And and you know, again, worst of all, you kept D'Angelo Russell, but <laughs> you know, he, he he was good on defense last year, so we'll see if that carries over. But and but the, then again, like the the weakness in there is D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. Those two are awful on defense. And we'll see how they hold up. That's where the weakness is in the playoffs. It's not Rudy. It's those two. Oh, man. Well, we'll also see about that team, I guess. Let's see. Any other teams that you have in mind? No. no it, we're, we can go on forever. We'll just stop in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. All right, then. Well, I have one and final question, which really isn't a question. Uh, and it's not really related to NBA at all, too. Uh, WWE, did we ever mention it going back to TV 14? Uh, I don't think we ever talked about it on air. Um, I think I talked about it on a solo pod, and I, I didn't think it mattered because now, granted, that was before Vince stepped down because the creative was shit. that was mm-hmm. the problem. But now, with him stepping down and Triple H honestly just doing basic shit and in terms of just making storylines make sense, having continuity and like attention to detail with some storyline elements. It's become a much better product. And like, I think it's still TV, TV PG, but like, it, I never thought the TV 14 thing mattered. Hmm. I see. Because my thought is, I mean, if it were to go back to TV 14, well, I don't think they, they even cussed in TV 14 in the first place. Oh, no, they did. They did. They so, did? Well, I guess they say shit a, a lot, uh, like occasionally during TV 14, but it's not like they don't say the word bitch. Like, yeah. you know, when it was PG. It's, it's a, <laughs> the smaller language barrier type uh, words, but uh, definitely not going to go back to waiting, I don't think. I feel no, like that's I don't a think safety. I don't think they should. And like, they they've kind of like they I mean they once they cross that bridge to TVPG like it's I don't think they could have gone back anyways but like I, I'm okay with no blading like mm-hmm. it's like sure it does add an element to it but like if you tell a good story you don't need it like Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa incredible story in immensely captivating not a spill of blood at all I mean granted I think like they actually cut themselves in the back ones but like. It's but like there was no real blood involved in that feud, and it was incredible. It was one of the greatest feuds of this generation. So like you don't need it. So I I just think like you know now with Triple H in charge, I really I really do enjoy the product a lot more. So mm. you know uh, I don't I don't mind it. Let's see. Should I be following Raw or SmackDown more, or I guess a little both? Because I mean I'm trying to get back into it slowly, but so far I've only been able to you know catch up on uh, some smackdown stuff in terms of uh i guess reading um not reviews but uh i guess uh just uh, summaries really i mean i would say follow both because they're kind of connected 
now a little bit again. Oh. And SmackDown's only two hours. I mean, I say that only two hours, but it's a lot shorter. The three-hour thing it is crazy, ridiculous long. But uh, oh. SmackDown's two hours is, is not too bad. Oh, Raw is three hours? Raw's been three hours. It is long, but I actually, like, when I'm going through, like, just re-watching it, two hours is actually a little too short. I see. Because long long ago when I, you know, would watch the whole shows of Raw and SmackDown, I had TiVo at the time. So, you know, all I had to do is record both SmackDown and Raw and just watch it whenever until the next showing comes around to be recorded. But nowadays, don't have that luxury. It's mostly, you know, summaries and uh, highlights from YouTube, really. Yeah, and that's not a bad way because, like, there is a lot of filler. But like nowadays, I wouldn't hate watching the game the entire time because or the game, the show the entire time, because it's actually pretty good to actually watch through, I think, Mm. mostly like, you know, the pacing's a lot better, like the storylines are more coherent and more interesting. It's a much better product. Mm, I see. Yeah, sadly, can't really watch it live either because, you know, don't have USA and a Fox, I want to say, yes. is the other one. Correct. So, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess I have to resort to uh, your way where it does have to come down to highlights and updates, sadly. Uh, I will say one thing. Uh, so you talk about TV. They may be going back to TV 14. They actually might be inching towards it because I was watching a promo today. And Karrion Cross has an, has just a gorgeous girlfriend, right? Uh-huh. And, like, she was wearing this kind of cut, this outfit that basically just showed her chest, like, showed, the, like, the middle of her chest. And it's like, yeah, you guys, that's a pretty sexual um, outfit right there. I don't think that's peachy. Oh, is this in SmackDown today? This was on SmackDown. Hmm. Wait. Oh, that's right. Wait, is she back in the... Scarlet is back, yes. Oh, okay, because they, I remember... They brought back Karrion Cross, and most importantly, they brought back his smoking hot girlfriend. And yeah. it's it's crazy how much of a difference that makes. Is, is his, uh, whatchamacallit, entrance music the same? His entrance music is back. Oh, my gosh. They, <laughs> when did they bring that back? Uh, granted, remember. they haven't played the full thing yet. He hasn't made a full entrance, but, like, they played uh, the they played the, the beginning part. And he's back. And, again, he's brought his, you know, his his very, very attractive girlfriend back. And it's, it's incredible, like, just subconsciously how much of a difference that makes. Hmm. <laughs> well, I'll be watching out for that, I guess. Yeah, so they they uh, they honestly they seriously just might be going back. Um, it's I mean again the product's been good. They're on the right track. It's even taking the shine off a little bit of AEW, which they're having their problems with uh, some backstage drama. So, you know, good on Triple H for being able to turn the ship around. But it will take a little bit more time for them for him to really build out his universe. Like, like tw- like the period from about 2014 to around 20. I want to say 2018, 2019 was a bit of a, no, all the way basically till the pandemic. NXT was the best thing in wrestling for a long time. And it's really nice to be able to see like, you know, Triple H be able to bring his vision over to the main roster. Hmm. Well, we'll see. I feel like once he's done with, you know, I guess the Vince's storylines throughout the board, uh, 
he'll create his own and we'll see how that goes too yeah um yeah uh, wrestling's getting good so I, I would recommend watching it but before like i i would never wish like wish upon anyone to have to watch wrestling it's pretty <laughs> awful to watch the full shows uh yeah well we'll see so yeah that's pretty much all the questions i have for this week really i mean if i come with more we'll have a own separate uh episode by then but hopefully after all this uh kevin durant shenanigans and whatnot uh hopefully more news will come out which i kind of doubt now because everyone seems to be already set in their own place i wouldn't say so i would say like teams kind of held back some assets because they were hoping to get into the kevin durant sweepstakes and now that that's off the table they might switch their eyes up onto the Utah or the Donovan Mitchell sweepstakes instead. There will be movement. Mm. Well, we'll see, I guess. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see. Maybe the Kings could sneak in there like a, as part of like a three-team, a four-team, or a ten-team. Like that, that's, that still is a possibility. I mean, that's always the hope, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you have anything else to close out? Uh, no, uh, like I was just waiting on your questions and, you know, good questions, uh, got us to talk almost two hours basically. Um, so yeah, th- th- thank you for the questions. Maybe next episode I'll be asking you some questions. Oh, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we'll, we'll see. Maybe there'll be another quiz, <laughs> which I highly would hate to. Mm, that gives me another idea. I-, I was actually thinking about c- preparing a quiz this ga- or this episode, but that would be a three-hour episode at this point. So yeah, <laughs> probably next week. Um, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, we're able to come up with, uh, where I can come up with an- enough questions for Fong to answer. If not, it'll be quiz time again, and it'll be a fun episode. And maybe we'll, have, we'll even have more news to talk about, or more Naruto. <laughs> Or more Naruto, yes. It is It is getting good in Naruto right now. So, yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, and, yeah, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.